Hello and welcome to the Friday, August 14th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. And man, the NBA seeding games are coming to a close. And you know what that means. The playoffs are right around the corner. And there's just been some crazy NBA action. Even just talking about yesterday, there was just so much going on, so much to catch up on. And it was an awesome just day of basketball altogether. And also just an awesome experience of just the whole bubble because at this time, like maybe like a few months ago, like I was just like, maybe this bubble isn't going to work. Maybe like it's just putting a lot more people at risk, but they've been doing really well. It's just been like a really good like experiment gone just perfectly well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, which has been absolutely great. And I just can't wait for the NBA playoffs to start. The playing games of this tournament are going to be absolutely fantastic as well. So yeah, I'm excited for that. And today's episode, we're going to get to a lot of different topics, especially that eight seed race where there's a lot of topics just to kind of like um, pick out from that. So I'm going to be very excited to talk about that. But before we get into this episode, I have to do my plugging. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe to show your support. Like I said, if you send a screenshot to me um, saying that you're subscribed, I will um, post on my story and show you some love. Same, and same thing if you're listening on my um, podcast networks. Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Subscribe, share with your friends. I'll do the same thing if you leave a five-star review. Um, if you're listening to this on Podbean, remember to um, follow, like, um, download, all that good stuff. And remember, we're also on Spotify and Anchor as well. So lots of different places to catch this podcast. And, yeah, with NBA players coming up, I'm going to be ramping up the content. Um, on Monday, it's going to be a very just a special day in terms of just, like, my content because we're going to have a guest on the show coming on Monday to um, discuss the playoffs. And I'm going to be on someone else's channel on that day as well. So watch out for that. But yeah, we got all that housekeeping stuff out the way. Let's get right into this. And there's so many things to this, um, dissect of this eight seed race. I'm going to go just go team by team. So we're going to start with the Memphis Grizzlies, who um, got a big win yesterday over the Milwaukee Bucks, winning 119 to 106. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, triple double, career high 12 assists. I talked about it in my recap. John Moran had a triple double and also a good performance from Dylan Brooks. They had a really rough bubble, let's be honest. Um, starting from the fact that they just could not develop any offense earlier on in the bubble, up to the point where, you know, Triple J got injured, we were all thinking like, man, this could be the end for the Grizzlies. They were able to squeak out two wins, and they were able to just, just, just be able to um, go into the play-in games. And I'm going to be talking about the playing game in general, but obviously, congratulations to the Grizzlies. Um, they were able to... Um, pull out the win yesterday, although it's um, due to some crazy circumstances. Um, if you look back a couple of games ago, Giannis did um, go into a confrontation with the Wizards. Um, I believe it was Mo Wagner um, during a game, and he headbutted him. He def- he headbutted him, got ejected from that game, and was suspended out one game from the league. Um, very crazy circumstances, but um, with Giannis gone, we've seen in the past how strug- um, how much they struggle, especially of trying to develop the offense. And that was the case yesterday, and the Grizzlies took full advantage and took care of business. They really needed this win and just to get them in the bubble, and they absolutely did their job. But teams suffer from this, and we're going to get right into those teams. One of the first teams I have to talk about is the San Antonio Spurs, who 
Um, what was unfortunate about um, the Spurs situation is that because both the Grizzlies and the Suns won before them, they already knew they had no chance at making the bubble. So even before the game started, like there was no kind of like up in the air situation, like oh, can they still make it if they win this game? No, it wasn't. Um, there was no mathematical chance that that would happen. And the and the Spurs just um, didn't use any of the starters. They had a good game out of Kelvin Johnson yesterday, another good one, 24 points. But it's just unfortunate because this broke one of the most impressive streaks in the NBA, um, current streaks in the NBA, which is 22 straight years of making the NBA playoffs. And the fact that it's um, done now, I mean, just to put into context, I am about to turn 20 next month. And so my whole life, I've been watching the Spurs just make it to playoff basketball no matter the circumstance. That's how crazy it is. And if you don't know, like, that's my team in the West for the majority part of my life. I kind of switched over one, to the Dallas once Luka got into the league. But for the majority of my life, I was a big Spurs fan um, besides the Raptor one. Um, they were my West team. And one of my, they had some of my favorite players of all time, kind of like um, Kawhi Leonard. They also had Tim Duncan, one of my favorite players of all time. And just you just felt like they were stable, going to be there every single year. And even like when the you know the big three descent, um, disbanded, um, Parker went to the Hornets. You know, Ginobili retired, Duncan retired, Kawhi left. They were still able to get things done. I mean, just think about the Kawhi Leonard situation here. Like, they were just able to just barely squeak into the playoffs, but they always just come through late. Even when you talk about last season, um, and they made it to the seventh seed when they faced the Denver Nuggets, and they also took them to seven games. Remember that. They struggled for majority of that season, and it took a late run to be able for them to make it up to that seventh seed. And you just felt like this is what's going to happen every year. The Spurs are just going to find a way to do it. And unfortunately, they—I mean, they—they they did make that run late in the year, but there just wasn't enough games. It probably maybe would have been different if the season um, had like the same amount of games left as they did before the quarantine happened. But at the same time, you know. The Spurs tried to make their push. They were in it for the very last day, but circumstances, math happened, and sadly they weren't able to make it. They had a very good run, some very um, good teams. They had them there. They won five championships throughout this um, the duration of um, that playoff streak, and it's sad to come to an end. But you have to look at it this way, at the Spurs. like They're able to do this for 22 straight years. Who's to say that they just can't just get right back on that trail? I mean... They still have the same good management. They still have R.C. Buford, who is a one of the better owners. I think he's the owner or general manager in the league. He's, like, one of the best ones there. Pop, I mean, I think he may retire after next year, but I think they just have a good just coaching system in general. And they just have good management. I just think that, sure, this is a bump in the road. Um, and you could tell from Pop's reaction yesterday, like, he, he does have stuff that doesn't matter to him. And it really shouldn't. I mean, it's a streak. It's history. You move on and try to move forward from that. And, that's what the Spurs are going to have to do. And I trust in their management. I trust in their coaching, their scouting, all that good stuff, that they'll be able to get back into that position, at least back into the playoffs next year and for many years after that. I mean, they there's nothing that will show us otherwise. I mean, they they do great. They do a great job just finding talent, making sure the talent fits, and just getting the most out of it. And I just don't see that stopping anytime soon. So, unfortunate end to the Spurs streak, but... For Spurs fans, I mean, they just got to know, like, they're, they're going to find, they're going to end up getting something at some point eventually. So, yeah, sad the way to end the streak, but um, hopefully you can, like, move on, um, move forward. I mean, you have some great talent there with DeJounte. Kelvin Johnson has shown up the last um, few days. 
Lonnie Walker. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with DeMar or Marcus after the season. But they have some nice young talent. I mean, they still have um, Derek White, I believe, stuff like that. So, yeah, lots of good talent there. Let's hope that we can see them move forward. And another um, unfortunate circumstance coming from this eight seed battle, we have the Phoenix Suns finally getting eliminated. And the sad part about all this is they went eight and zero in the bubble. I mean, they won against the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. I believe it was one twenty nine to one hundred two. Massive, massive win. They took care of business. Sally the Grid is one which, um, I, with a few minutes before that happened, so you just knew that they were hoping for a Trailblazers loss for it to happen, and unfortunately. That just wasn't the case, and they are they were not able to make the playing tournament, which sucks because Grizzlies like had a horrible um, time in this bubble, but just was able to barely scrape enough wins to get into the playing tournament. And for the Suns, I mean, they've played like very good basketball. They've like took care of business whenever they needed to, and they had a big chance at it. And sadly, they just weren't able to pull it out. But that just kind of shows, like, although you have this, like, second opportunity here, the importance of just trying to get off to an early start. I mean, the Grizzlies pre-quarantine were looked at as this, like, you know, very young, energetic team who had, who just seemed to fit well together, and they just played hard. But even, like, with these injuries, even with these struggles in the bubble, they just they just had such a sizable amount lead. I believe it was, like, three and a half or four games um, going into the bubble that – it was just like so hard to overcome and it was going to be hard for them to choke it. So like, it was just unfortunate because the Suns, they were, they came in 13th place in the West pre-bubble and they worked so hard to get their way to the top. And even with this, um, you know, undefeated bubble record, they still weren't able to get in. And I think Monty Williams put it very nicely because after the game, he um, was talking to his team saying that, look, no matter what happens in this Grizzlies game, there is so much to take away from this. You have shown the league that these are not the sons of old. This is a new era of the sons and that they have to take us seriously and they have to like respect you guys. And I completely agree with that. It was a very motivational speech. And I think that he hit all the points there because although they went undefeated, although like they played like such a great brand of basketball, like they, I think we're leading the uh, bubble in assists as well. Like they played such fun, nice basketball Devin Booker finally looked like that top 15 player. Like, you can make that argument now that he's, like, up there now. Um, and it really opened the eyes of us NBA fans, probably a lot of the eyes of just teams in the league, that the Suns are different now. And they finally have some sort of direction, which I've been kind of preaching these last few days. Like, what the Suns, like, pre-bubble, you're like, sure, you have Devin Booker. He has been kind of that stable piece the last few years. But – is how good is DeAndre Aiden going to be? How is going to how are the other pieces going to fit? And you see in this bubble that they have some pieces there. Javon Carter off the bench. This guy's a defensive specialist, but who can hit the three once in a while? This guy can become the next Patrick Beverly by the things I look at. You have Cam Johnson, who they got in the first round, and a lot of people doubted that. Why is he a first rounder? He got injured in college, and this guy like literally spent four years. Like, why would you draft an older rookie that high? He's a pretty good, damn good player. He's a very good stretch forward. He can rebound the ball. I think he has a nice future with these Phoenix Suns. Mikhail Bridges, they were able to get him in a trade for his, with Zyre Smith from, I mean, they had to trade Zyre Smith to Philly in order to get him. He looks like a good 3 and D player. Like, they have pieces. And even DeAndre Aiden, like, he's starting to look like a very good offensive player. 
um, at the center position. Sure, he needs to work a lot on the defense, and I mean a lot <laughs> because it's sometimes it's like hard to watch him. Like he just looks lost in the defensive end, but there's something there. And you have Ricky Rubio there, who is one of the older guys in the roster, but just knows like what it takes to win. Sure, he hasn't been on winning franchises, but he plays winning basketball. And like with this mix of players, with the mix of young guys, you have like another lottery pick this year. I think there's a lot to um, take away from this. Obviously, they had a like a like I said a good, very good bubble, very good play. And I think there's just a lot to build off of this. And although they didn't make the playoffs, which would have been awesome for Devin Booker just to see him get at least a chance at the playoffs, it's it's just nice to see that they are just able to like find a direction because they looked directionless um, before this. And now it looks like look, we have some players here. Hopefully, we can take this momentum to next season and we can build off that. And you know, maybe this um, could change things. Maybe this would mean that they can like with these um, changes, um, maybe they could trade for some people to help out Devin Booker and some of that. This, 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 there's a lot of possibilities with these sons. And mind you this, they didn't even have Kelly Oubre, who was one of their better players from this season. So, yeah, there's just a lot to be optimistic about. I think that's the word I want to say. There's a lot of optimism within that franchise, within its fans. And I can't be the only NBA fan that uh, looked at the Suns and was low-key. Actually, not even low-key. We were high-key rooting for them. Come on. Like, it's such a great Cinderella type story, like, and that's something like kind of the NBA lacks because of like its long and tedious schedule, and the way this, the playoffs are set up. You know, being seven games, like usually the better team always comes out the victor. So like these type of stories are always great that come that come by once in a while, and you know it was just a nice like run, eight and zero, highly impressive, and with the team they have assembled going into this off season, there should be a lot of optimism within that organization. So. Hopefully they can build off this. Hopefully we can see them like um, buy for a playoff spot next year. And yeah, hopefully like um, the the future like is kind to these Phoenix Suns because they have definitely given us a lot of entertainment in this bubble. Then we then we look at the one team that wow that was just like an absolutely crazy game by the way like with um the, with the next team I'm talking about because I'm gonna talk about the Portland Trailblazers and. Firstly, before I get into like just um, the Damian Lillard topic, who where he has been on the news basically the entire week, let's just talk about the Trailblazers and how they got here. Um, they beat the Brooklyn Nets 114-113. Damian Lillard 42 points, 12 assists in that game. And it was basically a, like a back and forth battle between him and freaking Carousel Bird. Super entertaining. I urge you to watch the highlights. It was super intense. Like for two and a half hours there, I was a freaking Trailblazers fan. I really like my biggest thing was that. The Trailblazers are healthy um, and stuff like that. So I just really wanted them to face the Lakers just to, like, make it, like, a very entertaining first-round matchup. So I was a little, so I was basically a, a Trailblazers fan just for two and a half hours. And it was super-duper intense, especially when the second half run came around. And the Brooklyn Nets, like, their defensive strategy was, look, Damian Lillard, once he crossed the half-court line, I want two defenders there. And they just kept staying defender after defender. They did a good job trying to get the ball out of Willard's hands. And the reason why the Trailblazers struggled in that third quarter was that they just couldn't hit shots. I mean, CJ, I believe, went over seven from three tonight. Gary Trent was hitting was hitting shot was missing shots that he usually hit in the bubble. I mean, he was a top three shooter in the bubble coming into this game, so it was weird seeing him miss that many threes. And even like people like Nurkic who just couldn't hit like easy buckets underneath, like. 
it really looked like in doubt that man, these Nets could actually take down these Trailblazers. Like it really like felt like that. And and not only until the fourth quarter came, because like there was like I believe a six point lead going into the fourth quarter by the Nets. And then the fourth quarter came, the other players started really helping out Dame. I mean, once um Lillard fell out the double team, there was a lot more movement. Nurkic was hitting N one, CJ was hitting those mid range jumpers that we're so accustomed to seeing. Melo struggled the entire game but hit some um clutch baskets late. Gary Trent finally started hitting his shots and the Blazers were able to pull out a victory by the skin of their teeth. And it was just a very entertaining game. I was honestly extremely worried that the Blazers were not able to pull it out were not gonna be able to pull it out, but they did and I was extremely happy. And a lot had to do and that had a lot to do with Mr. Damien Lillard. Dame Dalla, Mr. Dame Time. He has just been absolutely amazing in this bubble. And we're going to transition into that because he has been a topic of conversation throughout this entire week. And kind of, I'm going to go through a breakdown because he started becoming back on the news because of that whole um, confrontation with him, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly, where um, Patrick Beverly and Paul George are basically um, calling out and saying, like, oh, we're going to send them home this year, yada, yada, yada. And then Lillard clapped back saying, look, you guys um, are talking a lot when I'm down. But remember this, you, Patrick Beverly, I hit you out the playoffs back in 2014 when I hit that shot with 2.8 seconds left. And you, Paul George, I shouldn't hear you talking because he's just hit a freaking almost 40-footer in his grill last year to send the Thunder home in the playoffs and completely dismantle that franchise. I don't care. Because of that shot happened, they thought this wasn't going to work. They dismantled the franchise. They traded Westbrook. They traded PG. Lillard basically <laughs> ended that era of the the Thunder. And he kind of won that beef. But then after that, you know, another beef like reemerged between him and Skip Bayless. And basically Skip Bayless was calling him out because pre um bubble Lillard basically like had a quote saying that, you know, he doesn't want to go into bu- into the bubble playing, you know, meaningless games and that he would only go in if the if there was a chance at the playoffs which they did, and now they're in the playing tournament. But Skip took offense to this in the sense where, you know, it's hard for sports networks to kind of, um, kind of like handle themselves in a pandemic situation because they rely, especially at this time of the year, on sports being back. And with sports being gone for so long, like there was so many questions among ESPN, Fox Sports, all the other sports networks saying, what's going to happen here? We need this NBA bubble to happen or else our, our company might go bankrupt. So, like, you see, um, you know, Skip Bayless, like, arguing, saying, like, look, I know you don't want this bubble to happen, but we 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 need sports in our lives. We need this. And I completely understand. And Willard hasn't really, you know, been on great terms with Skip, and that's what kind of, like, re-brought back this beef. And, look, I understand where Willard's coming from. You know, a lot of players, like, especially in this global pandemic, it's hard for all of us. Even though they're rich, it's definitely hard for all of us, nonetheless. And... He just wanted to just, like, be, like, sure that if he would have a chance at the playoffs. And that makes sense. But also, we have some skip side of things because, look, I mean, sure, we want you guys to, like, have a chance at the playoffs. But we just want basketball back. I mean, the NBA is working so hard just to get this bubble going. And, um, again, they're doing a fantastic job. you got to always applaud that, that the NBA is, like, making this work at a very um, efficient level. And, you know, like, you just, you just have to hope that, like, you know, you know, these TV companies are the ones, like, funding the consciousness of it, that, like, 
they just have to like maintain themselves and I completely understand that point. So yeah, there's just a lot of um things going with Damian Lillard and a lot of people coming off that saying is like coming off especially that skip Bayless beef is like why is Lillard talking so much about like this situation? Like he he basically talks like he is LeBron and they're kind of like downplaying him like, you know, because he is not on that level and he doesn't have that type of success. And although I agree, like, I mean, right now, I have to say he is a top 10 player. No question. Sure. And he hasn't reached LeBron level. But the thing with Damian Lillard and why kind of his voice is kind of really important to the league is that Lillard, I'm going to say this, is kind of like one of the few old school guy mentalities um, we have left in the league. And I'm going to explain that. Like, what I mean by old school mentality is that we remember the all-time greats like Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant. What do those, those three guys have in common? These guys played for a whole, a whole franchise, and they're basically the face of their franchise. Like, this, these are the guys that kind of built a franchise who um, – bar Kobe, who because, you know, the Lakers were already established back then. But they are the, the biggest figures in their franchise's history. And I think Lillard is the, the closest thing to that in the NBA we have today. So when you talk about kind of value, like in the NBA, like in terms of that type of player, Lillard is up there. I mean, maybe not LeBron's ass because if you look at the top five guys, I mean, LeBron, KD, I'm trying to think of some other people, Kawhi, um, Steph too. It's not really Steph, but I mean, if you want to like, you know, throw in James Harden and all that, no one has that type of like impact on a market, on an organization slash city as Damian Lillard does to Portland and, and and the whole Trailblazers, Trailblazers organization. And you honestly got to respect that. I mean, a lot of pundits, a lot of media, and stuff like that want to say that, you know, Damian Lillard, he is a very good player. He is um, an all-NBA-type point guard, but he is not going to be established among the greats unless he gets out of Portland. But Damian Lillard is built different. He His brand is loyalty. His brand is trying to build something. And... That's why he stuck with Portland for the long term. I mean, Earl Watson like said on Twitter that Lillard had a chance um, to like was getting recruited by one of the current championship contender teams to join their team, and Lillard's like, "No, I'm not done here in Portland. We are not gonna. I'm here to build something, and and I want to like see it through. And honestly, you have to respect it. In an NBA mar- in a in an NBA today where mobility is being super." Um, Influ- like a kind of promoting some of that. It's great to see someone like Damian Lillard um, stay to a market and kind of build something there. Kind of like that Russell Westbrook mentality before, you know, the whole Thunder thing kind of like fell down. Lillard is able to do this. And, you know, he ha- he's had some success. I mean, he's made to the conference finals last year. He's had some memorable moments. But, you know, as much as like Lillard gets a lot of like flack and stuff like that from media, obviously from other players, I think that he should be one of the most like, respected guys in the league. I think, like, um, his talking, I mean, um, is kind of valid. I mean, he – like, the whole, like, um, thing about, you know, not playing in the bubble, he definitely should have worded it differently. He definitely should have um, came at it from a different angle. But you got to just have some respect on this guy. And, I mean, I just, like, even still today, I mean, you, you don't see, like, enough people give this guy, like, the respect he deserves for what he's done for his city what he's done for the franchise and kind of like how good of a player he is. Because even me, like 
pre-bubble, like when I did my top 10 list, like during quarantine, I didn't, I had him as an honorable mention and that had to do with a lot of record this year and stuff like that, but he really is a top 10 player. He really is there among the elite NBA players and you just want to see him like do well. And that is really the bottom line of that. So yeah, he really doesn't deserve much hate. Um, I think that he is like a top NBA player and hopefully the Trailblazers do well um, going into this um, play-in game. Speaking of the play-in game, let's preview that because Saturday and Sunday is when the games will happen. Saturday is going to be the first game, and if the Trailblazers win, you won't even have to go to the Sunday game. But if the Grizzlies win, the Sunday game will happen as well, so it's back-to-back days. On the Memphis side of things, um, their offense has struggled heavily throughout the bubble, so it's going to be um, hard to... Um, see them winning, but the good thing is they're facing the Trailblazers, and their defense is absolutely horrible. Just watch yesterday. They could not get defensive rebounds. They could not stop anyone in front of them. Lots of free lanes and stuff like that, so if any team will not be able to stop the Grizzlies, it's probably going to be Portland. But the thing about Portland here and why they have a big advantage here is, one, Jaron Jackson's not there, so you don't really have that rim deteriorate. I mean, you have Jonas Valanciunas, but he is not the best defender for sure. But the biggest thing here is that they have Lillard, they have McCollum, they have Melo. I don't see anyone in this Grizzlies roster that can handle um, all th- any of them, let alone all three. And I think that just gives this um, Trailblazers like the bigger advantage here. Lillard has been on a roll uh, scoring, I believe, 55-61 and then yesterday 42 in his last two games, like, I think he's averaging over 50 points a game. Like, it's just absolutely crazy. And I just think that the Trailblazers have just so much confidence and are just really just want to get into that playoff spot so badly that it's, like, nothing, it's not a lot's going to stop them going from this to the playoffs. So, will it be able to go to two games? Maybe. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers defense always gives me a question mark. So, you can't really, um, you're not, like, always 100% sure with them. But at the same time, they have the best player. They probably have the second best player, arguably the third best player. So the Trailblazers have this big advantage. I really do think they're going to um, win quite comfortably come Saturday. But we're going to have to see. Very exciting. I believe that game starts 2 p.m. Eastern. So right, you know, dab smack right in the middle of the day. So, yeah, let's see if they're going to be able to pull it off. And hopefully we're going to be able to see that very nice Lakers Trailblazers matchup come Tuesday. We move on from the eight seed race because that was a lot to talk about. But there have also been some unfortunate news coming out of the bubble as well. One being that TJ Warren has suffered an injury. Um, I believe, like the pronunciation is plantar fasciitis. It's something uh, that has to do with the feet. It's the same injury that Demontis Bonus had, which held him out the bubble. And yeah, it's just highly unfortunate. And actually, got a lot of fans, you know, throwing hands in the air, like, "Oh my gosh, this is over for the for the Indiana Pacers." Luckily enough, another report came out saying, you know, it's not as serious as Nurkic's, uh, not Nurkic, um, so bonuses, and this should not deteriorate him, deteriorate him from, from making um, the playoffs um, this year. So that's good news. Um, you know, TJ Warren has been, like, one of the top, like, bubble performers. Obviously, he's had some, like, fantastic games. And they're going to need him, especially against the Miami Heat. Sure, he struggled in that um, first meeting with the um, against Jimmy Butler, but when you need him in a seven-game series, I mean, like I said, there's no Sabonis there, so they're going to need all the offense they can, so 
having TJ Warren on there as just kind of that guy who can go off, like as we've seen him do like throughout this bubble, they're going to need that. And we'll see whether the injury affects them because I know this is a common injury among NBA players. Um, whenever you put on your shoes, I know like a bunch of my basketball friends um, have suffered this injury and it, it, it's a pain. It's a pain in the ass. So yeah, it's highly unfortunate that this had to happen at this time, but Luckily, hopefully it's not that serious. Hopefully he doesn't re-aggravate it as well. So, although he has the injury, I think the Pacers should be at, at least at near full health without the um, with TJ Warren there. So, hopefully it gets better, and hopefully we get a good series from those two teams, the Heat and the Pacers. But he wasn't the only guy that, uh, that uh, sustained an injury this week. Russell Westbrook, yes, Russell Westbrook of the Houston Rockets suffered a strained quad, um, missed. Um, the last two games of the bubble. I'm not 100% sure if they're playing tonight. If, they're, if they are, I know they're not playing. I mean, he's not playing. So, yeah. And reports say that this is going to extend even into the playoffs. So, when we go into that Houston Rockets um, Oklahoma City matchup, I believe it's on Monday. I believe it is. Um, he's not going to be there. And, that's gonna be, and that just seems like highly unfortunate for, for the Rockets because he is their best rebounder. He is their best playmaker, arguably, him or Harden. So losing someone of Russell Westbrook's caliber, caliber sucks. It really does. Especially when you're going up against the OKC Thunder team, who look like a well-oiled machine. And without Westbrook, who, honestly, like, when he can, he could be one of the best defensive guards in the league. And now, you know, they don't have him, and it's going to be hard to stop that three-headed dragon of Shea Gilgis Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul. It's, it's going to suck. And even when he does come back, I mean, it's a string quad, which is another type of leg injury. So we don't know if it's going to be 100% or not. So it's going to be tough for the Rockets. I mean, with a full and healthy roster, I would assume that the Rockets win this in maybe six or seven games. But with Westbrook missing, like, the beginning of the, season, the series, this leaves the door open for the Thunder and, like, Chris Paul's revenge. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, if the Thunder – go up into this, like, early lead where even when Westbrook comes back, like, he's not 100% and they're just not able to come back because the Thunder have looked like, um, like I said, a better well-oiled machine. So it's going to be um, extremely like, interesting to see if, you know, James Harden is able just, to, honestly, by himself, um, be able to, like, take down the very good all-around Thunder team. So... That is very much something to watch out for. It's, I think this is this has made the series a bit more interesting, but we really want Westbrook, Westbrook to come back into the playoffs and actually see if this duo is going to work because their window is closing. Their window is definitely closing, and having this injury at this time absolutely like is like horrible timing. So hopefully Westbrook gets back healthy, and we're going to have to see. I mean, when I do my playoff predictions on Monday on uh, someone else's channel, and then me and him are also going to do a nice um, preview podcast of just the playoffs in general on Monday. It's going to see, it's going to be excited, um, interesting to see like, how um, the Rockets react because Westbrook, their second best player, and it's going to be extremely um, interesting, to, interesting to see because the last few years, at least James Harden had Chris Paul by his side, but who does he have now? He doesn't even have Clint Capella. So it's going to be absolutely tough for the Rockets to um, be able to come out with a victory here. And I think this is where we're going to end the 
podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for taking your time out today to listen to this. Remember to please um, like, share, and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you um, are hearing this from my um, any of my podcast podcast networks, remember to show your love and support on all of them. Remember, leave a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. I'll give you a shout-out. And, yeah, um, with the playoffs coming up, I'm very excited to watch it. Very excited to watch the playing game that's going to happen um, coming this weekend. So, yeah, lots of basketball. And this is when the tempo is just going to keep heating up. So, very excited about that. But I think this is where a good place to end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Take it easy, guys. Peace.